Welcome to Ready to March, the podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. You ready to mosh? I am now. Always. <laughs> well, fair enough. Straight in with the news, is it? I think so. Got quite a few bits and bobs this week. Annoyingly, some of this happened just after we recorded last week, so... Yeah, kind of part catch-up, part breaking. Yeah, so, yeah, apologies for any old news. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, still discussion points, aren't they? Ugh. <laughs> Items of interest. Um, right, where are we starting? Who are we starting with? I don't know, wants, I don't mind. Who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, I've got a couple of dead, dead quick ones, so let's start with them, because one's a non-news and one's an announcement about an announcement. Yes, go with those first. Go with those first, get them out of the way. So, announcement about an announcement. Bloodstock have a announcement on the 31st of January, which will be Tuesday. So, yeah, excited to see what else they can add, because they're looking pretty full already, but we'll talk about that more next week. Yeah, it could be more things that they're doing this year. Could be. That they've maybe not done before. Yeah, I'm not sure what gaps they've got in the lineup really, but yeah. we'll have a look. And my other one, non-news, is the fact there's still no download news. It is, as this goes out on the 30th of January, that will be 12 weeks since the first announcement, which I think seems a very long time. It does, but you've got 60 bands in the first announcement. That's not the point. <laughs> um... So, I don't. Th- I don't think you'll get anything for a while. I, I just want the day splits. Right. Mystic Festival in Poland. Mm-hmm. I think it's Mystic, isn't it? That's the same weekend as Download. They've got their day splits all sorted and out. So you know where you're at. You know who's where. When you can spot your potential splits. Sort it out. Download. Just needed to all get in that good out there. Time. I'm impatient. I want to know now. Okay. I'm hoping this is going to... Well, I did an Instagram post hoping that would shove them along a bit more. <laughs> They're not listening to us. Obviously not. Right. I've okay. got those little bits out of the way. What's you got? What's you got? What's you got? What's you got? What you got? Dobby uh, Altfest have announced their next load of bands for this year's festival, mm-hmm. the Hairy Dog in Derby. And they've been, some of the bands they've announced include Harbinger, Starved, Neon Fly, Luna Kiss... Internal Conflict, Chemi Queen, Medusa, Torch, Mexican Painkiller, Those Once Loyal, Thundarian Summer, Daybreaker, and Only the Righteous. That is looking pretty packed. Yeah, I've heard a couple of those, or heard of a couple of those. So, yeah, that's great. We've got a load more bands to be checking out for later in the year. Yeah. New music to listen to. It's always good. And they've also released day tickets for the Sunday, which is a bit of an unusual move. I don't know why, just one day. I'm not sure, actually, why they've done that. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, if you've got a Sunday free, I suppose. Yeah, These Wicked Rivers are the headliner Sunday, so yeah, absolutely recommend them. Following on from the theme of festival announcements, Damnation Festival have announced their first wave of bands. So headlining are Amenra, Belgian post-metal collective. We've also got German Doom Titans, Ahab, and Finnish grindcore stalwarts, Rotten Sound. And then a few other bands... Highlighted on there include Harriet and Strigoi. There's also some UK exclusive shows, including Downfall of Gaia and a couple of the others are UK exclusives as well. So that's all looking good for the 4th of November at the BEC Arena in Manchester. 
Mm. 40 more bands, including headliners, still to be announced. And that is the bargain price of £75 for a full day of heavy metal. Yeah, you remember when that used to just be a day ticket to download? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's that. Yeah. yeah, that's ended that conversation. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Sleep Token have released another two singles. Yeah, out the blue again. Yeah, just from nowhere. Seems to be a thing now. Yeah. Uh, the first one was Aqua Regia, and I like kind of like half of that, and then it goes a bit weird. Yeah, I wasn't keen on that one. I had yeah. high hopes. I was like, oh, it's a shorter song. Maybe it'll be a bit more succinct, a bit more to the point. No, it's, well, we both said the same, didn't we? It's kind of like foyer music. But yeah, when it gets to that halfway point, mm. just, I've, yeah, I don't see what that's all about. No, I kind of... A- appreciate the the keys the pianos in it initially but then it yeah it just goes a bit like i'm in a posh hotel somewhere yeah um yeah i liked the the up to that point and then yeah just lost me and the second single's granite and i'm not overly fussed about that one to be honest i do quite like the last minute of it when it kicks in heavier yeah but it takes ages but to yeah get there. it does again it's a shorter one but it does seem to drag until that point when it goes woof, and i'm like yeah this is not bad. I could listen to this mm. if it all sounded like this, perhaps. So, yeah, they're, they're two new singles are out now. If you want to see what you think to them. Yeah, a lot of people are because they've shot up to over a million monthly listeners now on Spotify. Yeah. Over these last four single releases. They're, they're very hyped mm. about those, so it's not really much yeah. surprise. That actually brings me on to another theory I have of why I don't like them. Oh, God, I think it's go. like a psychological thing in my brain that just, you know, when people tell you you have to do something, you have to listen to something, you have to watch something. I think I automatically go, no. Like the same way I didn't watch any tigers during lockdown or any squid things, whatever that was. Squid games. You know. Squid things. Sounding old now. But yeah, if, if everyone's doing something, watching, listening and go, oh, you've got to, I'm just like, nah. Yeah. So I think part of it might be psychological. Okay. Anyway, um, speaking of new singles, I've got some ghost news for the first time this year. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the first. It is. Not been mentioned since the end of 2022 review. Okay. Anywho, via a new chapter release that's a bit questionable as a chapter, Ghost have released a new version of Spillways with Joe Elliott of Def Leppard. It's pretty much... The same as the original, to be honest. There's no reworking of the music. And a lot of people have gone, well, it's no different at all. But I think, as a big fan of Ghost and Def Leppard, I can tell the different vocals. But if you weren't that familiar with them, hmm. you probably wouldn't notice, to be honest. It seems, I don't know, it seems like a pointless thing for them to try and stay relevant. I don't know. Um, I mean, a couple of theories on it are, potentially, could they be joining them on tour with the Motley Crue Def Leppard tour as a support band? Because the chapter was set in Dublin, and there is a Dublin date for that. Yeah. Nothing's been released as of that, as of, yet yeah, on that. Are um, they at different festivals as well, though, during some of the dates? Ghost are some on, on some yeah. of them, yeah, I think. But not the later ones. Yeah. Also, there's a kind of question over, well, if Def Leppard are featured on a Ghost song, would Ghost be reworking a Def Leppard song doing a cover because they've tended to do an EP at the end of an album run previously, mm. which has included cover songs. And there was the poster in LA the other week, Jesus is Coming. So whether that's relating to a potential EP coming out over the next month or so before yeah, the summer be. kind of festival tour date run. But um, yeah. That's we'll wait and see. We will. Impatiently, as always. <laughs> uh, Panic at the Disco have announced their final tour. Oh no. Yeah. 
I'm, as you can tell, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> well, we're not particularly fans of them, are we? No, I like a couple of tracks, but yeah, they're um, they're all going to do their final tour, and then they're just calling it a day. That kind of um, came out of the blue, didn't it? I think. Yeah, it did. There was kind of there was nothing really about it, and then it just appeared. Yeah, well, I, I think, think when on, I first read, Twitter? I think so. I kind of read it, and when, you know, sometimes you read them, something, and you're like, "Is this true, or is it just a joke?" Yeah, yeah. But yeah, apparently they're calling it a day now. On a similar note, again, I feel like I'm just copying all your news items. <laughs> but Blood Youth have announced that they're going on a hiatus for the foreseeable. Yeah, that's a strange one. I'll, again, mm. that's something else that's just come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just social media posts. I'm not quite sure which band member posted it, but. Basically saying, you know, obviously they've been going eight years, COVID stopped them touring, it's had an impact on their mental health and stuff. And um, I'm not sure if it was an amicable decision, whoever wrote the social media post said, you know, I did everything I could to keep this going. I really and truly didn't want to do this, but it's somehow happening. Don't know what's going to happen in the future, but for now I need a break. So That's a real shame, I'm a big fan of Blood Youth. Yeah, and they were around and about a lot last year, weren't they? We saw them at Mangata. Mm. And they were also at Bloodstock. It's a shame, really. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be too long a break and we'll see them back soon. Next up, Pantera have been dropped from two German festivals and one in Austria. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of big news, I guess. It's, it's a bit of a strange one because obviously it's around historical comments and actions, but surely the festival organisers knew this because everybody knew this. It's and then there like, have been some yeah. groups kind of pushing for them to be cancelled from everything. Mm. And it's, you know, you've got to get to a point where it's kind of like, okay, it was eight years ago. Mm. You know, if it was kind of like eight weeks ago or eight hours ago, you kind of go, well, obviously things haven't changed. And Yeah, I kind I, of know what you mean. But yeah. again, it's like, obviously they've been announced a while. They would have had various negotiations before they got announced and now. And it, it, Yeah, it's just yeah. coming out of nowhere that it's like, right, we must cancel mm. them now. It's like, why, have, why has it got to this point? It's like, well, one's done it, so others feel now that they have to. They have to, to do, do it. Which makes you wonder how the support's like with Metallica, if that will remain. I don't know. I mean, that's the US, I think it's the US and Canada dates, isn't it? Yeah. They're doing. I don't think it's going to affect the US mm. dates. I think it's like because it's Germany, Austria, it's mm. going to affect parts of Europe. But I don't think it's going to yeah. impact on America and Canada. Probably not. No, be interesting to see if we're saying the same this time next week on other festivals. Yeah. I'm not quite sure who else or, or where, where else, else they the, were. They're at. Yeah. Um, Relating to that, I don't know if you were going to mention it, um, Foo Fighters have been announced to replace them at Rockham Ring. Yeah, that's... And I believe they said it's a European exclusive. I'm mm. sure it said that, so that kind of cuts out any... UK dates. UK huh? dates, or I'm not sure if it was a... Or is it just a, a... performance exclusive or just a festival, festival exclusive. exclusive. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can't remember off the top of my head now, but... Yeah, I mean, as far as replacements go, you know, you'd take that every day, but... You would, and I know who I personally probably would prefer to watch, but... Yeah, that's not a bad replacement. <laughs> and finally, this is pretty much hot off the press as we're recording. Slam Dunk have announced the final artists and their stage breakdowns for Slam Dunk, the <laughs> UK one. Actually, they did announce some more bands for the Italian one yesterday, but I've not made a note of those. But yeah. Um, but for the UK, there's been a few new bands added on. I won't go through all of them, but they include, I never know how to say, is it Paris? P V R I S? Paris? The main scene queen which will be yeah. good, and Higher Power, amongst others. And then they've broken it all down into the stage splits as well. So there's a lot of good bands on there, and I anticipate a lot of clashes as well. Mm. Yeah, that's looking good as a final lineup, And that's the news. 
Right, album review time. And this week, it's Monaskin. Manaskin or Mainskin, depending on your pronunciation. Yeah. But officially, it's Monaskin. Monaskin. Yes. And their new album, Rush. So, should we dive straight into the tracks? Yeah. It is a long album. It's got, se- well, it's not necessarily long. It's got 17 no, but it's got tracks, 17 though. tracks, yeah. So, I haven't wrote notes on all of them. I've kind of wrote notes on about two-thirds and highlighted my favourites as well. I don't know how you've approached your review. Yeah, just a, a little bit about all of them. Um, all of them, okay. Yeah. So, track one, Own My Mind. Mm-hmm. Really catchy. Yeah. Quite liked this. And it sounded like Fallout Boy. Do you know what I've got on here? I love the opening riff. I love the yeah the catchiness of it. And then I've got Reminds Me Of question mark. And I wrote that about three days ago and it's still not twigged what it reminds me of. So it must be, I'm assuming, Fallout Boy. Give it, give it another listen, see if it is Fallout no, Boy. Yeah. I meant to ask you before, actually, but, you know, here we are, doing it live. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good opener, that one. Gossip featuring Tom Morello. This is one of my favourites. Really? Mm. Very, very catchy, I think. And a really funky bass line. And then some really cool riffs from Tom Morello, obviously. Yeah, I thought it had a similar sound to the first track, but it wasn't Mm. as good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Didn't Mm. really do anything for me. Okay. I really like it. I love the vocals in it as well. And yeah, it's kind of, yeah, scuzzy was one of my words Mm. for it in a good way. Okay. Track three time zone. But it's not one of my favourites, but it's grown on me. It's well it's a lot slower. Mm. And I'm not a fan of this one. Okay. And I thought it sounded like Puddle of Mud. Really? Yeah. Didn't see that one myself. I just thought, oh it's quite it's quite a nice sleazy slow ballady ish. Not ballad as such, but a slower one. <laughs> but you don't have kinda of like yeah. how blurry sounded. That yeah. very low you know, that slower start and I'm not seeing it myself, okay. or hearing it myself, but <laughs> number four, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I didn't like it at first, but again, this one has grown on me, and I think it gets better as the song goes on as well. Yeah. It's got a really kind of groove riff bass line to it. Yeah, I really like this one, mm. uh, but it does sound like Idols. Yeah, I've got quite Idols, so this is a, <laughs> there's a couple that I've put that down, and yeah. yeah. I think at first I was like, well, it's a bit annoying the way it starts, but as it goes on and the Vocals kind of blend more into the music. and Oh, yeah, I think it, yeah, it works. Yeah. It works, but it, yeah, it took a bit of getting into that one. Yeah. Track five, Baby Sad. I've not really put anything about this one. It was just there. Very poppy. I'm not a fan yeah. of this one. Really don't like it. So, yeah, least said about that. <laughs> yeah. Happy to move on. Gasoline is another of my favourites. Yeah, I thought you might like this one. It's got quite an anth- mm. anthem-like chorus. And- yeah, and I really love that heavy bass to start with. Yeah. That it kicks in with. I'm not sure about the build-up to it. You're not? No, doesn't really work for me. I like how there's kind of a dual vocal going on within it as well. That really hmm. sounds cool. Next one is Feel. I haven't written any notes on this ah. one. That was another one that was just so you, there. Uh, so there's a line that you probably didn't hear or make a mental note about. Mm. There's a reference in this to Eurovision. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's a line that says, cocaine is on the table. Oh, yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. It's from the. Oh, do you remember yeah. the fallout from Eurovision yeah. that they had? Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, doesn't again doesn't do much for me this track. Yeah. So, but I, I just wrote that as a side note. I heard mm. that. I thought, oh, that was yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I did notice that when I was listening. I can't remember which song it was in, but yeah, now you said it, I do remember. Cool kids. This was very Idols. I thought. No, it's don't want to sleep. Oh, is it track eight? Yeah, I've not wrote anything about track eight, so clearly <laughs> wasn't fussed on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it really for me it doesn't improve, and it's one of the many interchangeable songs. So probably the same thought as you. 
Yeah. See, I thought I'd wrote down the title of everything, even if I had no comments, but obviously I can clearly see I go from seven to nine. Yeah. Anyway, Trek number nine. nine. Cool kids. Very idols, this one. Yeah, I'll put blatant <laughs> idols rip off. <laughs> Didn't go as far as saying blatant, but yeah, it is very... It, as, it is. As soon as I heard it, I was like, what, idols? I had to check that yeah. they weren't guesting on it. <laughs> and it really changes pace then, doesn't it, track 10? That is a, yeah. a ballad. Quite yeah. a switch, almost, well, it's just over halfway, isn't it? Through to slow things yeah, down. Yeah, it but does slow down a lot. I really didn't like this one. I do like this one, actually, of the slower ones. This is my favourite. I really like the vocals in it as well, and the mm. contrast between that and the music being quite soft. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind the odd ballad here and there. Yeah, it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it with lighters out at oh, Live. Yeah. We'd love a bit of that. Eleven, read your diary? Uh, yeah, it's faster tempo, bit mm. of a glam feel to it. I thought that as well. It picks the pace back up. It's quite a cool riff and, yeah, that glam kind of sound to it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't overly struck on it. I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right enough to write a few notes, but it's not highlighted as a favourite. Uh, the next track, Mark Chapman. It was okay. I quite like the riff in it. It's another rip-off. You think? Mm. It's a song called Michael by Franz Ferdinand. I'm not a fan of Franz Ferdinand. I'm not, but I know their stuff. Or okay. some of their stuff, and yeah, yeah it, it just sounds. Yeah, it sounds like Franz Ferdinand. This. Yeah, I found it quite interesting as well. That obviously it's a mix of Italian and English lyrics, and it's kind of like an interlude section where they switch to Italian. Yeah, and then go back to English. To the yeah, end. this is the first of the Italian ones. The way that I mean, I know they've always done that on previous albums, mm. the mix of the language, but um, the way they've segmented it, I thought was interesting. Yeah, because the next one's Italian. Yeah, I think the next three or f- about four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so the next one, is it La Fine or La Fine? Yeah, the end. Um, I quite like that bass line in that one again as well. Yeah, I like again, the pace it, of it. Yeah, but it just didn't do it for yeah, me. Yeah, it's quite a, I think this one's quite a, a classic monoskin sound. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me of some of their earlier stuff. Il Dono della Vita or The Gift of Life. Oh, you've gone so far as to translate. No, I speak Italian. Do you? I've done all right so far. True. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a change of guitar style. It sounds like compared to the others, and it sounds mm. like it's from a different album. Mm. It's like it doesn't, you know, like with how they've got the bassy mm. kind of sounds through all, yeah, very kind of like a groovy yeah. kind of bass to it. And this is totally different. It's yeah. like it's like something. It is a bit like the more earlier stuff that wasn't quite as heavy on the bass. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. That mm. next one, Mamma Mia. Mia. See, I can speak Italian too. <laughs> Yeah, another interchangeable track. Didn't, yeah, it was just, just there on that one. Supermodel. I can't believe they've got away with this. Neither can I. <laughs> I've, I'm assuming they've either been given permission to use the chords to Smells Like Teen Spirit, because if they haven't, they're getting a big lawsuit. Well, the, well, I mean, it's been released quite a while as a single, this one. I think about a year, yeah. roughly. And there's a lot online about plagiarism of it, but nothing's obviously come of it, and I think it would have done by now. Yeah, Courtney would have been counting yeah. them books on Shin. I think it's just different enough to get away I, with I've it. I've heard people being sued for less. Oh, I suppose you can argue that there's only so many chord sequences in the world, but... <laughs> yeah, but not not mm, like that. Yeah. Um, but I do like it, despite... I, well, I can't it, get past the Smells Like Teen Spirit bit, and the voice starts to grate at me at this point. Okay. No, I do like it. It's quite a nice, short, snappy one as well. Mm. And then we end up with The Loneliest, which is kind of a softer, slower one. Reminded me of Bad Flower. Ah, yeah. I can see that now you said it. Yeah. It, it reminded me of being at Rescue mm. Rooms watching Bad Flower with their slower stuff. Yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. And it's one of those where I'm like, it reminds me of something, but I'm not sure what. Yeah. 
So what do you think about the album? I like it, but I do think that it's got some songs in that don't need to be there. I don't think it needs to be 17 tracks, and I don't know why it is. But the ones that I do like, I do really, really like. Yeah. I like that there's loads of kind of mixes of genres going through it. You've got a bit of glam, a bit of punk, some slower stuff, some classic rock, some really cool funky bass lines and riffs. You see, that's what I don't like about it. Mm. I think they need to really decide what they want to be. Hmm. Because everything that it's like they've tried to cover every single genre, and it just sounds like an unoriginal, overproduced sound. And I'd sooner have a band say, "This is us. This is what we sound like. Mm. This is what we're going to do." Yeah. Instead of, you know, kind of like three tracks from Idols, we'll rip some other songs off here. Mm. We're going to do ballads here. It's like just, just you know, make your mind up. What kind of band are you? And versatility. <laughs> No, yeah, but they're just trying to tick every box, yeah. and I don't. I get that they're obviously appealing to a wide range of audiences, doing so many different sounds. Yeah, they say the main thing for me was just those songs that are definitely filler for no particular reason. Because you could take I don't know five or six songs out, and you Easily. still have yeah. forty odd minutes. Yeah, which would be fine. So out of ten, I'm gonna say seven and a half okay. for the ones I like. No, you've got to take it all into yeah as a whole. As a whole. I'll go seven then. I'll go six. Mm. Following on from the last couple of weeks, we've decided to do our first listen of a single again. So somehow we've managed to go the whole week without listening to the new Metallica single, which I think it dropped pretty much after we'd done recording last <laughs> pre- week. Yeah, pretty much as soon as we'd finished, yeah. yeah. Thanks for that, Metallica. So yeah, we've gone a week, haven't listened to it, so we're going to um, pop on the hold music, give it a listen and report back shortly. Don't call me shortly. Right, so we've just listened to the new track from Metallica, Screaming Suicide. What do you think? My kind of shortened review of it would be, Mm -hmm. from just the one listen, if Master of Puppets and End Sandman had a baby, it would be that. Yeah, I, (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. I thought it's right back to the Master of Puppets days. Yeah, I thought it was classic Metallica, and initially it was like Master of Puppets, and then when there was that spoken bit in the middle, I was getting the hints of Enter Sandman, yeah. and then it kind of picked back up from that, and I was like, actually, musically there's a little bit of that kind of Black Album era coming in as well. Yeah. It's another one where the, the kind of it feels like they're going back to what they used to do. Mm. And what I think one thing, a couple of things I don't like about it, the video is awful. I will say that straight away. Yeah, I thought it was quite a lazy video, but what yeah. I also observed, you know how it was kind of grainy and there's kind of little floaty mm. bits? It felt to me like they were in the upside down. Oh, right, okay. And I'm thinking, are they trying to tap into the Stranger Things market <laughs> yeah. still and kind of keep that momentum going, potentially, or has someone just found a filter button? It's like a master of puppets for another generation, I mm. think. yeah. And one of the other things I don't like about it is that it builds up and it builds up, but it never goes anywhere. It it just feels a bit like the video, a bit lazy. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like it, it starts really well, and you're thinking, "Great, this is going to be amazing," and then nothing ever happens. I think because the last single was quite short and snappy, wasn't it? Mm. Looks Turner. That's the one. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's next from them yeah. album wise. If we get another track before it, or what the whole album will play mm. out like. On to this week's main course then, and we are looking at bands with different singers. I think yes. that's the right category, because when we thought about doing this, we 
kind of thought there were two definitions, like bands with two singers, but obviously some bands literally have two singers at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> These are bands who have gone through different singers. Yeah. Obviously, there are loads and loads of them out there. We're um, aware but of we that. just picked a couple each. Yeah, I've actually got three. We're going to do two. And then I thought, actually, my last one, I just thought that was a bit different to tag in as well. So okay. I've got three well, you to go start, at. then. Okie do. So my first one is Van Halen. Yeah. Who have had quite a tumultuous, big word, isn't it, um, relationship with their lead singers, which is interesting because the rest of the band have stayed pretty static. Yeah. But um, obviously they started out life with Diamond Dave Lee Roth, mm-hmm. who was there. He did their first six albums and... Classic style, they had a falling out. Yeah. <laughs> Got replaced with Sammy Hagar, who I personally... He's quite, yeah. quite like a heavyweight replacement as well, isn't it? It is, <laughs> yeah. And he's the one I'm more familiar with, because that was kind of the era of Van Halen that I was into. Yeah. That got me into Van Halen that I saw. So for four albums, and I think they kind of evolved musically with Sammy Hagar in. But again, it, it was like more later in the 80s, where a lot of bands who started out 70s, early 80s did anyway, like Aerosmith yeah. did. They kind of yeah, they ch- totally pumped changed up their, their sound and yeah. got that more 80s arena sound going on anyway. But they still stayed really commercially successful with Sammy in place, mm. which was good. And this is where we get a little bit confusing. So I've got to follow through my notes and <laughs> follow this timeline. So yeah, Sammy Hagar was in there 1985 till 1996. David Lee Roth then popped back for a little bit in 1996. I remember that, yeah. He did. He did two songs for the Best of Volume 1 and then toddled off again. again. Yeah. Off he went. At that point, which I'd somehow forgotten about, <laughs> Gary Sharon, off of Extreme, came I to join the party. I can't remember this. I feel like I should remember it, but for some reason it had completely gone out of my head that he did this. And he was there for four years. What year was that? 1996 to 2000. So... He was on the Van Halen 3 album. Obviously, mm. Van Halen being dead imaginative, they had one. song titles like 1, 2 and 3. Yeah, so he came in for Van Halen 3, which was released in 1998. They did kind of tweak the sound a bit. Then, obviously, towards the end of the 90s, yeah. they got a bit more experimental. But, yeah, he was with them then, and then he went out, and then they just kind of disbanded for a bit anyway. And then 2003, Sammy Hagar popped back up. <laughs> Are you following this closely? Yeah. Another compilation album, The Best of Both Worlds, which included tracks from all of the singers, I think, were included. And three new songs with Sammy Hagar were recorded. And then he disappeared in 2005. 2006, David Lee Roth came back all the way through to 2020, when obviously they kind of disbanded pretty much after Eddie Van Halen passed away. During that time, they obviously did the reunion tour. Mm. Sadly, never made it back to the UK. Mm. But um, yeah, that was a very kind of revolving microphone stand. Yeah. And fun fact, they got in touch with Sammy Hager or he got kind of pulled into the group because he had the same Ferrari mechanic as Eddie Van Halen, as you do. Well, That's yeah. how, yeah, That's things how it happen, works, yeah. don't they? When you rock and roll and you have a Ferrari, so your Ferrari needs a mechanic. <laughs> so, yeah, they've been a little bit up and down on the, um, the vocal front. Okay. Mm. Well, I've gone for a classic band first as well. Yeah. I've gone for Maiden. Of course, yeah. I tend to forget that they've had different singers, if I'm totally honest, because to me it's just Bruce. Yeah, so to me, Maiden is always Bruce. Yeah. But they had several lineup changes. Mm. They went, they changed everything uh, before the debut album, obviously the self-titled one, and they had Paul Diano as vocalist. Yeah. See, when you say it, I remember him yeah. being there, but off the top of my head, I'm always like, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, and he was on it for the first two albums, I think. Mm. And then they got Bruce in. And that's kind of like the like the earlier Maiden with Bruce is the mm. stuff that I used to love. It's just the classic, really, yeah. isn't it? When you think of Maiden, that's up, the kind up of to kind of like ninety two, ninety three yeah. was like my 
the ultimate maiden period mm. for me. And yeah, and then with Bruce, he wanted a solo career mm. by the time of the tenth album, which was X Factor, and that's where Blaze came in. Yeah, again, I tend to forget he was there. The Blaze Bailey was there. Yeah, I know it again. I just well, he only did two albums. Yeah, so you know, it wasn't there a huge amount of time, but I do remember that Blaze Bailey period, and it it just didn't sound quite right. And he's a fine vocalist, but I think because I'd grown up with Bruce, that's all I actually wanted. I didn't want anybody else. Yeah, you, you kind of know what you want in a, in a yeah. band, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you get settled to a sound. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously they did the two albums with Blaze. Blaze left and Bruce came back. Hmm. And it's been well, it's been the same ever since. Yeah, I'm sticking with the classic band theme, really. Mm-hmm. Motley Crue. Yeah, I forgot they'd changed. That's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, obviously we know Motley Crue with dear old Vince in charge of the microphone. And he was there from the beginning, 1981, all the way through to 1992, when his drinking just got a little bit too much and he wasn't showing up for rehearsals. So the the rest of the band were trying to kind of clean themselves up a little bit at that point. So he got fired from the band. Off he went into the sunset for a bit. And in came John Karabi, who was initially vocalist with the Scream. Apparently, Nicky Six was a fan of the Scream, and that's mm. kind of how it came about. That he yeah, got Nicky pretty in. much controlled the band, to be fair, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah well, it was his band. Really. It was his band, it I was suppose, his yeah. Band, yeah. So, yeah, John Karabi came in between 92 and 1997. During that time, they released one album, which I still find this bizarre that it was a self titled album. At that point. Because <laughs> yes. normally it's like your first album or you want to kind of make a statement about still being the band. Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a bit of a strange. It was a strange one, yeah. And a very different sound. Obviously going into the that period of the 90s, grunge was very big. So try and keep up with the times. They tried to get a more grungier alternative sound going on, mm. which I personally don't like. The main single, Hooligans Holiday, I don't mind that. But the rest of the album, I could probably happily Skipple. never listen to. Yeah. Aside from that, all the band were pretty much sober at that point. They were all trying to be very healthy and good, and the music all of got that. boring. And yeah, it didn't really have a, a positive effect on the music. Sadly, <laughs> it was at least commercially successful album overall. Oh, was it? I yeah. thought. It, I thought the they, didn't they do a weird industrial album? No. I could have swore Blind Motley Crue did. It was like a really dark... Well, that Yeah, you're probably thinking of this one. Oh, is, it that, was, is it that one? Yeah, it was kind of grungy alternative. It was yeah. not the Motley Crue that we knew. Yeah, I think I quite like that album. <laughs> to be honest, as an album, it could be okay, but I can't accept it as a Motley Crue album. <laughs> it's just not. You've got your Motley Crue biased head on. Yeah. <laughs> In the same it. way that I did with Maiden and yeah. Blaze. Yeah. It is. It's just not Crue without Vince squawking. Hmm. But anyway, so... Yeah, it didn't go down well with the critics or the fans. And I think it was because like, they were trying to tap into the kind of grungy alternative market, but they weren't right for that. And the old school crew fans were like, no, nah, that's not you. So nobody so nobody bought particularly it, yeah. wanted it. Anyway, 1997, Vince came back and they had a return to Generation Swine, which again is a bit of a move sound-wise, but obviously getting into the later 90s, they got mm. to adapt a little bit. So And then they did the best of and then... Obviously, Tommy left and they had a bit of a revolving drum kit rather than a revolving microphone stand. But then Vince, obviously, is still with them now. And that old reunion tour that's been going on since forever is still going. Okay. My next one is Killswitch. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm a big Killswitch fan as well as Maiden. Um, the Killswitch one is quite messy as well. Mm. 
So Killswitch were formed out of a band called Aftershock. Didn't they, that? Yeah. Oh, good old Aftershock. It's <laughs> a classic shot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of where they came about from. And their first two albums with Jesse Leach. Yeah. Uh, who then quit after the second album with severe depression. And apparently he just sent an email to the band. Oh, didn't know and he, that. Yeah, he, he said that he couldn't kind of talk to them. And a lot of the band were quite upset by the way that he'd done it. But he said he, he physically just couldn't go through that. And yeah. said it was a really difficult time. And so the band were trying to get a new singer that would work for the band. And they wanted Howard Jones. But initially, Howard Jones didn't actually like the band's sound. Oh. Yeah, when he first heard them. But then kind of understood what it was about and got into it. And then... Philip, I can't remember his surname, uh, the lead singer from All That Remains. Don't know, just name is Philip. Okay. <laughs> uh, he actually tried out for the band. Mm. And at the same time, Howard did, and they went with Howard. You know, so, and this is where it starts to get a bit messy. Because in 2010, Howard dropped out of the tour, and then Jesse and Phil filled in for him. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so it gets a little bit weird. And then in 2012, Howard officially left, and mm. Jesse returned. This is getting a little bit Van Halen now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and then just to top it off, in 2018, Howard guested and sang on a duet with Jesse on the album. Okay, so it's all cozy. Yeah. So so it's like everybody gets on, but it's kind of like a weird, it's kind of like a weird step family kind I was of thing just going say on. Say that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really messy that. Mm. I suppose it wasn't to the band. It kind of worked for the band. But, you know, like, mm. Jesse leaves, Howard comes in, Howard drops off the tour, Jesse and the and Philip, who filled, who, and Philip, who wanted to be in the band, mm. kind of did something together. And it's, yeah, it's just all over the place. I never realised, I knew obviously that they had the different singers. Yeah, between Jesse and Howard, how- yeah. How intricate. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, when you look on like Wikipedia and they do those little band timelines oh, and you can see yeah. the members. Interesting to look at, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to finish up with Arch Enemy. So whereas some of the other ones that we've talked about, they've been quite um, an acrimonious split when yeah. the swing the swingers... The swingers? <laughs> they could be involved too. The singers have switched. Yeah. This kind of seems quite nice and linear. And I thought it was quite interesting because obviously they started out with a male vocalist and now they're yeah. very female vocaled. Obviously, Art Enemy formed back in about 95, I think it was. Almost kind of a super group. Different people from yeah. groups came together. And Johan Lever was the original vocalist. Did three albums with them. And he left in November 2000. Mm-hmm. Was replaced by Angela Gossau, who I always associate with. Arch Enemy, I never think of the original Yeah, I tend to listen to the more recent stuff. Yeah, I always forget the earlier stuff, yeah. I do. So anyway, she came in, first album that she was on was Wages of Sin in 2001 and stayed for five albums. Mm. And then she decided in March 2014 that she was going to leave. She actually then recommended Alyssa White-Glues, who's the current vocalist. She was a good friend of hers and Alyssa was in The Agonist. Um, Okay. So she recommended Alyssa to be the vocalist, but Angela then continued on as the band's manager. So she kind of still wanted to be involved, but didn't want... Just didn't want to be up front. Up front, having <laughs> yeah. the pressure of the tour, and as much wanted to take a step back. And that. And then Alyssa has been there from March 2014 onwards, three albums deep now with them. So yeah, it's quite, it was quite was an acrimonious... Not acrimonious. No, yeah. Amicable. Harmonious. Amicable. amicable. <laughs> that was the word I was yeah. looking for. Um, it was all amicable, amicable departures yeah. and... 
Yeah, it was. That's more of a, a nice little story yeah. <laughs> of the vocalists. Interestingly, though, when you do look on that little map of the Ta- timelines, yeah, the they've been more revolving in terms of the guitarists, actually. There's been various oh, okay. in and outs yeah. on that position on stage. So, mm. yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on bands who've never changed. Yeah. Because they're out there. Or bands that have got through the most members. Oh, God, I can't. Off the top of my head. <laughs> Guns and Roses are up there. They, they could be, yeah. Depending which format you accept them as, I guess. Well, not anybody that's, well, yeah. that's played on an album. I suppose, yeah. I just, you know, when Alex toddled off and did his own thing as Guns N' Roses. Still technically Guns N' Roses. Technically, Rose, yeah. Not in my mind, same as that wasn't <laughs> Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who else might have had a lot or who hasn't. That's one to ponder on, perhaps for another day. Yeah. A static mic stand. <laughs> on that note. Finally, as usual then, we have this week's Ready to Mosh recommendation, and this week our choice is Slump. Yeah, they're a stoner sort of doom metal band. Yeah, I'd say so. And they are definitely for people who are fans of Sabbath, Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, Really, really cool sound. There's only a couple of tracks on Spotify, but they're well worth checking out. The kind of like the lead single was Nothing More, and I've listened to that a lot, and that is really, really cool. Yeah, I really like that one. I think it's my favourite of the two, mm. if I had to pick one. And the other track on there is Degenerate, which is also great. Yes, it is. We haven't yet seen them live. We were planning to last December, actually, because they were playing with Sinkalima, yeah. one of our former recommendations who we continue to recommend but sadly i wasn't very well so we didn't get to that gig unfortunately but they have got a couple of shows coming up that we're aware of so firstly they are playing at the flapper in birmingham on the 10th of february four bands are on that night including sinclima and a couple of others so that sounds like a cool night and the following week they're in the birmingham heats of the metal to the masses heat two on the 17th of february which is also at the flapper in birmingham that is clearly the place to be for some good music yeah definitely so if you are in the area do go along and give them support and help them get along to bloodstock this year because they would deserve to be there Right, that's another episode done. So thank you for listening. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Ready to Mosh Cast. And we're also on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook at Ready to Mosh. So give us a like, share, a listen, and big ratings on Spotify and Apple Music or wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back next week. Make it stop, Moog.